Hello and welcome to Apricity. I'm your host, Sion. Apricity means the warmth of the sun and the winter. My hope is that this podcast brings you some light like the sun would on a cold winter day. Currently, it's 8.30 p.m. It's a Sunday night. I had the most beautiful day today. I went to my grandma's house and she lives about an hour and a half south of LA and we went and had Irish coffee together and talked about our upcoming Italy trip. We are going to Sicily together and I'm so excited. She is 93 years old. She's so sharp and full of life and I just hope when I'm 93 I can be like that. After I came home and went for a little run this evening at sunset, I love going for sunset runs in the summertime because it's the coolest time of day and the colors of everything are so beautiful. I went for my run by the beach, which was so nice. Then I jumped in the water after and the combination of the endorphins with the warm salty water felt so good. It's so rewarding in the summertime to be in a cold body of water after a workout. You just feel reborn. After I jumped in the ocean, I was laying on my back in the sand and I just closed my eyes and smiled because I knew in that moment, this is what my best self looks like. My best self shows up and is disciplined, but she always makes room for play and for people she loves. When I take time to fill my cup up like I did today, I can just pour into so many other areas of my life, like this podcast. And I think it's really easy to slip from showing up as your best self every single day. In my life, I have learned that I have to actively make an effort to be happy because I feel like sometimes my brain works against me and my brain will tell me to lay in bed all day and scroll my phone and really what makes me happy is connection with other people, doing hard things like moving my body, playing in the ocean, doing this podcast, you know, I think I get so much joy from living And I notice when I start to overthink and feel anxious, I usually am not following through on the things that I know make me feel the best. So intentionally moving forward, I really want to show up as my best self every day. And I call this version of me my highest self. I saw this quote the other day that said, if you inherently long for something, become it. So I'm trying to bridge the gap between the things I long to be and how I show up every single day. You know, I think a lot of us have ideas of things we want in our life. One of the things I want in my life is to be really fit and strong. I want to push myself to a level physically that I've never been to before. I want to be the strongest I've ever been. I feel healthy and I feel great right now and I just want to continue in that direction. And how I connect with my highest self is by visualization. Visualization is so powerful because almost every book you read about the law of attraction will tell you you need to visualize to attract the things you want. 
So every morning when I wake up, I sit up, close my eyes, and connect with my highest self. I think about how she spends her time, who she's surrounding herself with, and what is she like? What does she look like? How does she dress? Even further, is this the type of person that I would want to be friends with? I see her so clearly. She wakes up with the sun. She has cool style. She bakes cookies for her neighbors. She writes every single day, and she makes other people feel important. She's strong physically and mentally. She takes time to listen to strangers' stories and passing, and becoming her involves a lot of discomfort. And that is what inspired today's topic, which is moving towards pain. This episode is for anyone who is ready to let go of anything no longer serving them and step into the next version of yourself. No bullshit. Tough self-love. That's where I'm at in my life right now. You know, I think sometimes I get so angry at myself for the mistakes that I've made or all the times I haven't showed up for myself, but I forget that I cannot change anything that has happened in the past. The only power I have is how I act every single day. I can only control how I act right now, how I'm going to act tomorrow. I can't change anything I've done in the past and that's okay, you know? It's freeing to accept that you're never held to the person you used to be and you can change in any moment. I think sometimes we get so attached to who we used to be and how others view us and the label that we maybe carry in our friend group or in our family, but you can detach from that at any point and become anything you want. I think of all these people I see on TikTok that have had these insane transformations of going from someone who partied every single night to being someone who wakes up at five in the morning and goes to the gym. You know, you can look at other people for inspiration. If someone else can change their life, turn their life around, so can you. I'm going to break this episode up into three parts. Part one will be what does moving towards pain mean and look like in practice? Part two will be how to move through resistance, leaning into surrender in times of the unknown. And then part three will be four strategies for moving towards pain. So moving towards pain, what does that mean? Moving towards pain means being willing to sit with discomfort, to step outside of your comfort zone and face difficult situations head on to achieve your goals. And this can be emotional, it can be physical, going to therapy is moving towards pain, working out is moving towards pain. It really is an act that is always rooted in self-love. And I think this year I have moved towards pain and gotten to the root of things more than any year of my life. I have had to let go of people who did not value me. I worked through a lot of emotional pain from mistakes that I'd made. I quit a job for the one I really wanted. I got really into running. I pushed past my fear so many times and I feel like I am mentally 10 times tougher than I was a year ago. I knew the pain of those experiences 
was only going to bring me closer to myself, I had to choose between suffer or suffer. No matter what path we take in life, it's going to come with trials and tribulation, but we have the power to decide what we're suffering for. I am okay with suffering to make my dreams come true, but I am not okay with suffering from taking the easy route. A lot of times we avoid pain thinking that it will bring us further away from the pain, but all it really does is prolong the pain or make it come out in another area of your life. Avoiding the pain could look like staying in a relationship longer than you should have because it's easier to stay in a shitty relationship than deal with the feelings of going through heartbreak. I've seen that so many times with people I know. I've had that myself. I've stayed in a bad relationship longer than I should have because it was comfortable. And a lot of times our brain tricks us into thinking that because something is familiar, it's safe. It knows the end product of being in that shitty relationship. And that's why habits, which sometimes are people or vices outside of you, are so fucking hard to break. If we look at the evolutionary purpose of pain, it's to protect and preserve life. It functions as a signal that something's wrong and requires attention or action. And a lot of the times, when we feel pain, it is our bodies telling us something is no longer serving us. I was in a relationship where I was so stressed out all the time and was so unhappy that my skin was broken out all the time, my hair was super oily, and my body was physically rejecting this person, but because it was so comfortable to stay with them, because we'd been together for almost three years, I just stayed. Once I got out of that relationship, my skin cleared up within a week and a half. And it's not because I ate any differently. It was because I removed something that was toxic in my life and it was extremely painful. It was so hard. It was my third time trying to leave the relationship. I was so scared because I depended on this person so much for happiness and stability, but those are things that I needed to find within myself. When you remove things that are harmful for you in your life. A lot of the times, the reason those things are in your life is because they provide you some sort of comfort. And when you remove that thing, it's uncomfortable because you have to deal with the pain that's under. When you remove any vice, whether it be a person, alcohol, drugs, anything that is giving you some type of a high, it is going to be painful. Your body will tell you if something is not working for you. That is the evolutionary purpose of pain to tell you, hey, this is not working anymore. But also, a lot of the time when we experience emotional resistance to doing things, it's not because we're actually at threat. So this is where I want to just make clear the difference between harmful pain and constructive discomfort. Harmful pain causes distress without any potential for growth or positive change. This could be abusive relationships, harmful self-destructive behaviors, toxic environments that perpetuate your suffering. Constructive discomfort, on the other hand, involves willingly embracing challenges or discomfort with the intention of 
personal growth and positive outcomes. This could look like stepping out of your comfort zone, trying something new, facing fears, or seeking feedback to improve. When we teach ourselves to feel pain in ways that is safe, constructive discomfort, it actually improves our emotional threshold for pain and our ability to feel pain safely. Running three miles makes us tougher for when we're going through a breakup. And it's a lot harder to do the hard thing, to sit in the silence of working on yourself. That's why the majority of people don't. But what I have come to realize is that it is a lot harder to never reach your goals than to work your ass off trying to get there. With facing pain comes resistance, which brings me into part two, which is how to move through resistance when facing big challenges. There is this famous Buddhist formula that goes, pain times resistance equals suffering. The more we avoid pain, the more we suffer. So what is resistance? Resistance is the reluctance to face uncomfortable situations, emotions, or challenges. When we resist pain or discomfort, we tend to avoid confronting fears. Our resistance can hinder personal growth in so many ways. It can lead to stagnation where someone might remain stuck in their current state without progressing or evolving because growth requires a willingness to confront challenges and learn from them. It can lead to missed opportunities. Resisting pain might cause people to avoid pursuing opportunities that could lead to personal or professional growth. Resistance can lead to limited self-awareness. It can lead to repetition of patterns. Without facing and processing painful experiences, we repeat patterns of behavior that hinder our growth and keep us in cycles of negative outcomes. Evolve or repeat. There are so many consequences of avoiding our pain. So how do we move through resistance? The easiest way to learn to move through pain is to embrace it. Invite it in. Acknowledge it. Surrender to it. When I was on my run today, I was like, F this, because I'm getting back into running and trying to get back to the shape I was in this past winter before I got injured. And so that comes with me pushing myself past what feels easy, because I know the only way to become a faster runner, a stronger runner, is by challenging myself in healthy ways. So today, I told myself, I would increase my speed on the last mile of my run. So what I did was I ran a pace that was one minute faster than my normal pace. And the whole time I was like, F this, Sion. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And I was like, I hear you. I hear you. But this is what is going to take us to where we want to go. So positive to myself. Like I'm talking to a five-year-old. And that's because... You have to encourage yourself. You have to be your own biggest fan. And a lot of the time when we face pain, you have to treat yourself like you would a five-year-old. The inner child in you is just screaming, I don't know this. This is uncomfortable. I've never been here before. And you have to grab her hand and be like, I'm here for you. I know it's scary, but to be who we want to be in this lifetime, we have to do this. 
And so we will. And that's surrender. Surrender doesn't mean giving up. It means feeling it and still moving forward. Like a lot of people, I used to be super afraid of flying. Flying is the ultimate surrender because once you're up in the air, you're up and you can't go anywhere. You have no control over what happens during that flight. And I think that's why a lot of people are afraid of flying because because you're just out of control. But the only way to get more comfortable with flying is to expose myself to it. Something I really have learned that helps me embrace discomfort is infusing love into the things that make you uncomfortable. When I fly, I make sure to bring my favorite herbal tea, my big headphones, a good book I'm excited to read, CBD, do a meditation before. The same goes for when I work out. I make myself my favorite coffee, which is protein coffee. I'll just mix black coffee with two scoops of chocolate protein, put it on ice with almond milk, then get dressed in an outfit I feel cute in for the gym. And those little acts of self-love just make me feel more confident when I do the uncomfortable thing. An affirmation for surrender could be, I trust that there is a plan far greater than mine. Trust in your angels. My last podcast episode was about talking with my angels and I trust that I am divinely guided by something greater than myself. And there's a lot of comfort in that. Whether you believe in God, whether you believe in source, whether you believe in aliens, you know, whatever you believe in, just believing in something greater, I think can bring a lot of comfort and ease, knowing that the universe is always working for you. Which brings me to part three, four strategies for moving towards pain. Here are my favorite ways to move towards pain. Number one is have a growth mindset. A growth mindset is a belief system or attitude that we can develop our abilities, our intelligence, and skills through dedication, effort, and perseverance. People with a growth mindset believe that their talents and intelligence are not fixed, but rather something that can be nurtured and expanded over time with practice and learning. I listened to this Andrew Huberman podcast a while ago where he talked about a study that said parents who give positive feedback on their kids' effort and ability to improve was more effective for kids succeeding than telling them that they're talented, which is so crazy to think about. If you tell your kid after their soccer game, you put so much effort into that game and I'm so proud of you and next weekend we can work on your corner kicks rather than telling your kid you are just so talented and you were born talented. That's so interesting to me and I think that's a growth mindset that I'm not set on being an okay soccer player or a great soccer player or a bad soccer player. I can become anything I want to. Number two, take calculated risks. Understand that progress often requires taking risks and you have to weigh the potential benefits against the discomfort or potential failures and be willing to take calculated risks to advance towards your goals. Number three, set clear expectations of why you're doing it, your intention. Having clarity on why you're doing it provides a clear direction and reduces 
ambiguity when you're like, why the hell am I doing this? And if you don't have a why, then maybe you don't actually want that thing. My why is to make other people feel seen, heard, and feel better. So whenever I feel disconnected from what I'm working on, I always try to return to that. Number four is break goals into smaller steps. Dividing ambitious goals into smaller manageable tasks makes things more approachable. This makes it less overwhelming and it also allows for steady progress. Here's an example of breaking things into smaller steps. When I was half marathon training, I decided I was going to run a half marathon. That was goal number one. And then I broke up the running into weekly goals for 13 weeks to train. I went from barely being able to run two miles to being able to run 11 and a half. That was my max I got to before getting hurt. And the day I ran 11 and a half, I was like, Sion, this is so fucking cool. We built up to this. Like, I was so proud of myself and I was able to see my progress week to week and adjust accordingly when things were not working for me. And the thing is, if you don't complete your goal or you fall short of it, you can always learn from failure, you know? Maybe you tried to run at a faster speed and your body just like gave out because it was too tired or something started hurting. You're like, okay, like we have room to grow here. We have room to grow here and that's okay, you know? It's just a stepping stone to success. It's a feedback to refine our strategy and our approach with persistence and tenacity in setbacks and in challenges, you will learn that progress is just not linear. It's really not. Determination really is what will bring you towards your goal, which is why, again, returning to your why, focusing on that long-term vision is so important. Embracing discomfort is easier when you keep that long-term vision in mind and stay committed and understand that Temporary discomfort is a small price to pay for amazing accomplishments. And as always, be compassionate with yourself. Be gentle with yourself when you don't hit that goal on the days that maybe your body is too sore, on the days that you just need to lay in bed. Because those days do happen. I'm not a masochist. I'm not saying move towards pain in every single experience. But Learning to lean into discomfort teaches you how to be fucking tough and get shit done. And that's what life is all about, right? Learning to always be optimizing. And what I have learned is that the permanent results of your life come from you choosing your suffering. That is all for today. Really quickly, I want to go through my July favorites, Mind, Body, Spirit edition, since I do that every month at the end of the episodes. For the mind, I have been getting back into pastel art and it has just been so healing and soothing. I've been doing oil pastels for the first time and it's so much fun. I will just put on sometimes a TV show or music just depending on what my brain needs. I've been watching One Tree Hill, which is honestly so good. I don't know how I haven't seen it before. It's such a comfort TV show, kind of like Gilmore Girls, if you guys like that style of show. I love Gilmore Girls. And combining the two is so fun. In this phase of my life, I'm like, everything is meditation. When I peel an orange, it's meditation. 
when I'm drinking my tea, it's meditation. I feel so much less chaos in my brain when I just focus on what's in front of me. Another one for the mind is having a daily word that I write down in my journal. Another one for the mind is writing about my dreams. I love dream journaling. I've been doing it since I was little, but I think it's really cool to just write down your dreams as soon as you wake up and then go back and look at themes that are kind of present in your dreams. I also have been listening to outlaw country music. Just look up Outlaw Country on Spotify if you've never listened, and it just reminds me of summer nights in Wyoming, near the mountains, near the lake, wearing cowboy boots. I just love it. It's very comforting. Another for the mind, I've been publishing my poetry and writing on Substack. For the body, if you live in Los Angeles, they have the juiciest, most plump figs at the Marvista Farmer's Market. They help with digestion. They taste so good on toast with honey. One of my favorites. Another for the body is going in the ocean, just feeling the negative ions from the ocean. Negative ions increase levels of serotonin and help with depression and stress and boost our energy. So I want to do as many ocean dips as possible before I leave California. And lastly, for the body, going for walks before bed. I know that not everyone can do this because it's not safe where you live to walk at night, but I live in an area that's pretty quiet, and so I'm able to just go for a walk. Obviously, maybe do it with a buddy, or when I'm in Colorado, I always go with my dad just in case we run into bears, but just going for a walk at night is so good for your sleep. And so is magnesium. That's another one of my favorites for the body, is taking magnesium glycinate. For the spirit, I always love sharing the spirit ones the most. I've been wearing sparkly eyeshadow, which just makes me feel very cute. Hourglass has a really good one that I've had forever. It's just like a brown sparkle. Another one of my favorites for the spirit has been seashells. Mermaid core is very big right now. I love it. I love that everyone's turning them into jewelry and using them as candle holders and decoration. I think it's so cool. And lastly for the spirit, I have been really asking my parents and older family members just stories about our ancestors because I really want to learn more about where I come from and what happened in the past. And I think as a kid, it's easy to not do that. So I've just been listening a lot to my grandma tell me stories about her parents and her siblings and her family and her life. Yeah, just being more inquisitive with people and learning more about them and what they've experienced and not assuming that I know everything about someone, even if they're my family or one of my best friends. As always, stay curious, stay tender, love your friend Sion.